Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I hope you... I hope you had a great day. Um, I really hope you had a great day and um, a great week. We're going into the weekend and... Um, Really, it uh, we all deserve the weekend, like you said. Thank God it's Friday, TGIF, and that's important, fellas. So um, we're going to talk about something very important, cancel culture and proselytization, what have they to do with each other. Uh, we're just going to talk about quickly something that happened earlier today. Uh, someone rushed he was stabbed, and that is never good. Um, never good, okay? He is someone from India. Born and brought up in the city of Bombay in Mumbai and moved to the United Kingdom and now lives in the United States. Uh, but it's not good. He's 75 years old and it's not something we want to have on our hands. We hope he gets well soon. He is going to have a little bit of an issue because he's going to lose an eye apparently. Um, nerves in his hand. Uh, he's going to have some damage. But more importantly, I hope he survives. Okay. I, I, I you know, whatever it takes, I want him to survive. I really don't really care about um, about anything itself, a anything else. Um, and, uh, and I hope that you will send him all your positive energy as much as possible because we need him to survive. And we need to stand up to this, uh, this what, whatever you want to call it, this cult, this ignorance that they call religion. Uh, some whatever religion of peace or pieces, whatever you want to call it. Look, um, it's it's gone on for too long. It's gone on for too long. I don't care what your label of your religion. It's gone on too long. This is ridiculous. It's not a religion. It's it's worse than a cult. And every time they you have an opinion that doesn't suit their vested interest, they'll use violence against you, and they call it uh, religion uh, or peace. So, and and you know, they have no problem reversing the trend on you and and degrading you chastising you spitting on you calling you names uh but if the trend goes the other side then it's not okay so you have to stand up for it um because this itself is killing someone's cancel culture you're canceling their right to li life you're canceling their right to life you're canceling their right to have an opinion that's cancel culture but you know our, our socialist uh Phobic, um, chastising, chastising Marxist groups who who portray themselves as the as the keeper of all moral authority and uh, secularism and multiculturalism will never have anything to say in it. If you cancel them out, then it's bad. But if they cancel you, uh, then that's okay. Uh, so they're not going to talk about it. They're just going to keep quiet. I saw, I, I saw, um, what's his name? Um, Shashi Tharoor on, on TV saying something that he was he was horrified by what happened. Yeah, he never said anything where all uh, uh, all those 15 people in India have been slit, uh, their throats slit, uh, butchered, uh, killed uh, for the comments of um, Ms. Sharma, uh, Ms. Nupur Sharma, 
Um, he has never said anything against it. Uh, but now he's horrified where someone else has it happened. But oh my God, that's that's you know that's 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 okay uh, to show your hypocrisy. Well, good for you. Uh, you know, I, I never liked Mr. Shashitaru, uh, Mr. Forty Five Trillionaire, as I like to call him. Um, but it's okay. It's okay for um, it's 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 okay for a Hindu to stand up and say, no, I have the right to life and I have the right to have an opinion in my own country, but I'm subjugated and colonized by some colonial arrogance and invaders trying to portray themselves some religion of peace. But uh, here we go again. It's not going to change until you change. And today we're going to talk about that cancel culture, or as we sometimes call it, proselytization, because proselytization is about cancel culture. So let's go and see what proselytize means okay in modern english the word proselytize means to convert as a verb it means one who seeks conversion it derives from a greek word that means to approach in the religious context one who approaches a faith other than his own in the new testament times it somehow it's commonly referred to the gentiles who converted to judaism a widespread phenomenon especially in the urban centers of the late Roman Empire, where which were promising targets for Christian missionaries. Uh, Septag um, sorry, uh, Septuagint Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible was intended to be used to by these Gentile converts. Um, so it's a huge, it's a big, big phenomenon. Uh, it happens a lot over the world, but I'm just going to start by saying in the ancient world, there was no proselytization. There was no conversion, my friends. There was no conversion, okay? Because all of them believed in lineage, your lineage, one generation to another generation, that tribal lineage, they kept it. Everyone roamed in tribes, okay? Those tribes had... Uh, roamed the desert sands and, and whichever land they were and they produced children and they produced children they got bigger and bigger and even when you went to you got married you went to the neighboring tribe you never changed your name you always kept your name so bin this bin to that or in Judaism ben this ben that um, in just a minute Sorry, I had to open the door for my cat. Um, in Portuguese, D. In, in French, de. Uh, de Marquise, de Tremblay. Uh, in Portuguese, de Lobo. Um, in, in Marathi, Kar, K-A-R. Anything that has Kar after it. Uh, Mac is, is, is off there. So these are all lineage. People kept their lineage. Your son off, your daughter off. And they would be part of empires. So this empire means to bring, uh, they control the region. And these empires then became the religions that we know today. So uh, Persian, Persian, the Persian empire. Uh, you had the uh, Islamic empire. You had the Christian empire. These were empires. These were never, never, never religions. And only when they lost power in the mid-20th century that they became religions and faith. But they were never religions and never faiths. Uh, they were always empires. So you brought someone into the empire. You, you, 
you gave him a sermon and, and a speech and he took an oath to be part of an empire very much like you do today but you never change your lineage you can't change your lineage you cannot change your dna and so proselytization never worked their goal was to convince someone to be on their political side on their political union on their political empire versus someone else not as um not as a fake these in these religions are not fake so in the modern times going back and 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 interpreting the ancient world of the last three thousand years as religions and conversions never happened it's important that you understand this there was never any conversion uh jesus never converted anyone they believed 100% in lineage it's what we call caste today they never ever converted and there is nowhere in in the bible that it says that jesus converted it's their interpretation he he jesus talks about spreading the message uh, spreading the message of whatever he had to 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 spread he wanted to break down these divisions jesus wanted to take these uh, these people who were separated by tribes separated by um, labels separated by groups and say look we're all the same we're the same currents and waves we are not different from each other remove the barriers remove the labels and you will be free and you will see that we are same we're just cycles and cycles and cycles i'm, not, I'm just giving you a gist obviously but he never converted anyone um and nowhere did anyone convert uh, in in the in the Middle East in any in any group because they all believed in lineage. Lineage is very well important, and the word caste is the meaning of the word lineage. What they didn't understand is that the earth was not flat. The earth is currents and waves. It's cyclic. So every current that forms it will form a wave. It forms the waves comes to an end and goes back into the ocean and forms currents again. So generation of the generations, people will have different points of view, different look at angles, a different point, uh, look at uh, junctions from different points of view, uh, and they will form different tribes, and these tribes will grow to form different political groups, different empires. But we're actually still the same. If we understand that, then we don't have to fight. We just flow and we balance our cosmic wave. Uh, but this is something they didn't in the Abrahamic religions don't understand and they have converted it uh, they have interpreted it now as conversion but there was never any conversion so when you go when your empire goes into another land as that of your original native land where you started off as or someone else comes to your land in order to bring you into the fall into the political fall they will give you a, they they will give you an oath a swearing oath uh, ask you to submit to the emperor uh, and align with the emperor and uh, that alignment and and their constitution needed an oath just like very much in today in in canada you have to take an oath to uh, to be part of the canadian landscape if you go to america you have to take an oath if you come to india you have to take an oath so in order to be part of the landscape they can they um and to be part of the political group they gave you a note and that's what we call baptism or uh shahada uh and then you became a part of that group but you never changed your tribe you can't change your tribe you can't change your lineage 
you change your political position. And these religions that they call today are politics. They are not religions. Similarly with Judaism, there is no such thing as Judaism. Judaism comes from the word Judea or Yehuda. That was a, an empire, a kingdom, a political kingdom. And it was a kingdom that broke off from the kingdom of um, from the kingdom of uh, Israel. And like every other kingdom, there was an oath to be part of the kingdom. And every kingdom uh, it, it defined itself by a belief in God. But they all said that. And so they, this God became the reason to bring their politics together and join hands for power. Uh, so politically, there were always different groups. Like, like, like a chakra, there's always different angles. And everyone had to join together. Um, they could be a different communities, different traditions, different interpretations. But we are currents and waves. You understand that there will never be one religion for all or never be one interpretation. You cannot convert someone. You can ask them to join a political empire. Uh, and so proselytization never existed in the ancient world. world. It was politics. Um, and I've spoken about this before. Uh, when you go to another country or someone invades your country, then they need you to come into your political sphere or you need to ally with them. Uh, and that's when they start, uh, you know, these um, slavery that starts, if anyone doesn't uh, join the alliance, they have slavery, they have harems, uh, they have debts, they have murders, genocide, because you're not coming into the empire, into their political sphere. Uh, and that slowly becomes, and if you, if you don't, if you, for some reason, they cannot get you control your mind, they cannot control the economics over you. So they'll let you stay in that group, in that region, as long as you don't make any problems. And slowly over time, they'll feed you with an ideology and ask you to join their political empire and you will become part of them. So a lot of people who say, oh, I'm Muslim doesn't mean they were following the Quran or Muhammad before. It means they were part of the Islamic empire. Similarly with Christianity. If you were Christian today, doesn't mean you were Christian by faith back then because you were not, uh, you were just a member of the empire. You were resident within the empire. So you had different groups, different tribes, different, um, different communities staying all under one roof. The Romans had an empire with different groups. They had Jews, they had Persians, they had all types of people. You had the Persian empire having Jews with them, having uh, Akkadians, Akkadians with them, Assyrians with them, as many as you can go. Um, because we are tribes and empires, politics is about money and money only comes from one thing, controlling people's mind and controlling the economics. So as long as the economics is running, you don't, really don't care uh, who's on the ground. Over time, you'd prefer they join your alliance, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean they can't allow you to stay as long as you're not uh, causing revolts or revolution. That's okay. Uh, so proselytization, that some people say it happened a very long time ago, is a falsehood. Okay, it's a myth. It never happened. It was politics. Um, when these empires, like I said, go to other people's land and they all invaded India because India was a rich land. It was called Hindustan back then or Bharat or whatever it was, whatever other name the region was called besides the individual kingdoms, um, they forced people to join their political unit. And that um, 
that is what today is called as proselytization or cancel culture. They would cancel you, they would impose themselves upon you uh, over time and you would have to join their alliance. Uh, when these empires died down, um, when these, they became faiths, became religions, they became ideologies, uh, but it doesn't, uh, ideologies, uh, and, and now we call them faith, we call them religion. But they were never a religion. Christianity, especially in Islam, are two groups that are causing havoc all over the world. Um, they have never, um, they were never a religion. They were colonial empires. And as I like to say, the currents and waves, currents don't stop and waves don't stop. So they've just converted their political empire into uh, political arrogance and and religious arrogance trying to spin off this concept that they have the truth the way the life and there's nothing else to be said and everyone has to submit to them they're absolutely perfect and everyone else was wrong and oh my god um, um they were such a great civilization why did you come to an end oh because someone else's fault so you were so great that you couldn't uh force yourself on others or does the, the revolt starts from the inside so it is important to understand that they impose themselves on people for political reasons. Now they call it a faith and they're trying to tell us they were so perfect that we have to convert them, but you can never convert to religion because it's your currents that form the waves. You're not going to change. Uh, you're never going to change whatever political label you take on the outside. It's just politics. It's not religion. It's not faith. It's, it's a mentality. It's a, per a perception that people give you. But the perception that people give you is only a perception. In reality, you're still the same person. You haven't changed. You haven't changed your outlook. You haven't changed anything. Um, and so this is a falsehood that Christianity says they can convert because Jesus never was able to convert. Even Islam shouldn't is not able to convert because political empires don't convert. Political empires cause problems, genocides, uh, hatred. Uh, and they only want money and power. That's what they really want to do. Uh, however, in India, uh, we know that uh, the right to um, the right to propagate religion uh, is in the Indian Constitution. Unfortunately, so I'll just read it. The right to freedom of religion is enshrined in the Constitution of India, Article 25 of the Constitution provides the freedom of conscience and freedom of profession, practice and propagation of religion. Article 25.1 says that all persons are equally entitled to this freedom. However, the article itself ensures that the right is conditional and is subject to public order, morality, health, and the provisions relating to fundamental rights. Uh, the term all persons imply that this right is extended not only to citizens of India, but to non-citizens as well. This becomes controversial when the right to propagate religion is extended to foreigners, considering the violent history of forced conversions uh, of Islamic and Christian uh, invading colonial empires, missionary activities in India, and the consequent political and social impact it has on our society. So we know that the Constitution of India was made up, was written down by many people and all got together as a committee to prop, to to use the the, the 
to uh, make the constitution. But in reality, as we've spoken before, Nehru was the one who was really the father of that constitution. We know he was sleeping around the block with it being a Mountbatten, and the Mountbatten's were controlling, and she was used as a pawn as a mole on the inside to get Nero to uh, sub succumb or to submit to her interpretation of the, of the constitution, which served the case of the Mountbatten's and served the case of the British in India um, so that they would have a, a foothold on the Indian subcontinent uh, and control it to the inside, let their pawns keep controlling the land to the inside through educational institutions, which were used as uh, soft, uh, soft uh, proselytization targets, um, cells, should I say, Islamic, they, they were also on the, on the other side. Um, we know that the Mountbatten's uh, Britain still was the governor was a, of Pakistan, should I say. Pakistan was a dominion of, of uh, United Kingdom, uh, and I apologize for that. Um, and so they still had a foot in Pakistan, so definitely they had interest in Pakistan, and Pakistan wanted was not happy with the partition, they wanted to get back to India, and they wanted to take over the Indian subcontinent, and they definitely want to have their moles on the inside. So definitely the architects of the constitution made sure to give their uh, relics of empires good constitutional positions and rights to the detriment of the Vedic civilization in order to promote their vested interests in, on Indian soil through the back door instead of the front door. That's very important. You have to understand that. And this was all done through the Mountbatten's. Uh, and Nehru, who was sleeping with Edwina Mountbatten uh, and, and, and was still in love with her till 1960, till she died. When she died, we know very well that she was surrounded by letters of, of Nehru who she was deeply resorted to, and uh, that the rest is history. Um, so that's very important to say. Um, Proselytization goes on in India still today, and it is a con game. It is embarrassing. As an ex-Christian, I'm ashamed of it, and I can tell you that the church uses us as pawns to spread their filth. Um, we are told, um, effortly, we are told, uh, you know, Officially, that we have to spread the message of the uh, of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to spread the message of Jesus all over India. Translation: They want to convert the Indian subcontinent to Christianity, and they want to use us as pawns. We're not given the choice. We're not given why. We are brainwashed, forced to keep quiet, forced to be chastised. Um, they will never allow us to say a word. And they will subjugate, degrade us, take away all our dignity. Um, and absolutely, they will, um, absolutely, they will take away our dignity if we say anything to them. But they want to use us to facilitate. And the goal is uh, to spread the word of Jesus Christ. In reality, they just they, they don't give a damn about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came two thousand years ago. They have nothing to, to uh, with him today. Just because they use the name and they've got a link uh, two hundred years ago, they they think that they have rights to to use Jesus's name. Uh, and, and facilitize his message, which he never said. He had there's no book written about him by him. So it's all he said, she said. 
And the same thing with Islam. They all say that, oh, well, um, it's Muhammad who asked them. God asked Muhammad and Muhammad asked them. But Muhammad never wrote any book. So it's all an interpretation uh, to say, to continue their colonial arrogance and their colonial empires to the back door and, and pretend that these are religions and faiths. These are not. These are colonial empires. The empires are dead and the divine departments are open for business. And they need our human capital to resurrect the empire. And that's what it is. Colonial arrogance. And then they continue wanting us to subjugate. Now, what happens um, when they proselytize? They feed you with a negative image about your own civilization. They make you ashamed. They make you feel small. They bring out all the faults of your civilization as if, you know, you're supposed to be perfect, perfect. And um, they pretend this. They, they pretend that they are supremacists or they, they put the belief in you that they're supreme and they're, they're perfect. They are uh, the truth, the way, the life. They're the real religion. And, and God sent them directly to you and they're going to save you and go to hell. And they're going to feed you with uh, selective amnesia and they're going to convert you. Literally, that's what they're going to do. They're going to convert you to, to, they convert you to their religion. And in the end of the day, once they're in your head, uh, it's over. It's over you. They've got you and there's nothing you can do to get it out. So it's very important to know that these colonial empires are still continuing uh, on the ground through proselytization and they feed you a negative image about your culture. In reality, they want to cancel your culture. They want to cancel your history. They want to cancel it and take it over through negative reinforcement. And that's called cancel culture. So proselytization is cancel culture. Unfortunately, it's in, enshrined to the constitution through the um, uh, through the back door, um, uh, what can I say, adultery of Edwina Mountbatten, the Mountbattens. And unfortunately, Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru was sleeping around the place. And I have no problem saying it. Of course, we couldn't say it before. Uh, so today they're screaming now that, oh, cancel culture is not right. right. Proselytization is cancel culture. Do you want to stop that? No, they don't want to stop. They think they have the right. The Constitution gives them the right. But guess what? Every time you do something, you give the key to someone to do the same thing to you. The cycle will turn. And they will find different ways to do the same thing, but it'll still happen. So you're canceling other people's culture. You're degrading them. You're insulting them. You are, you are in, you're degrading everything about their civilization. You're giving yourself the right to, to, to spread your supremacist filth and, and portray it some religion, some faith. And then you expect other people to say, yes, of course, come on down. But how long do you think they're going to have thick skin just to, to, to butter you up? How long do you think that other people are going to have thick skin in order to, to submit, to, to, to amplify your colonial arrogance? At one point, your bubble is going to burst, right? Your colonial arrogance has to stop. And you're going to be told, I'm sorry, there's only so much I can take. You can only put so much water in the glass. And once and one time you're going to anger people, insult people, and the volcano is going to erupt. And when the volcano erupts, you say, "Oh no, no, no! Look, it's the other person's fault. Is it someone's fault? Whose fault is it that the volcano erupts?" 
you've not understood the currents that form the waves, and you've invested in the currents. Now your fruit of the action is coming about, and you're saying you're running for life and saying, I'm sorry, but who told you to climb up into the mountain, into into the crater where they are, where the 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 volcano was bubbling? It was dormant. You made it. You made it. You you brought it to life, and now you're running and saying and saying, I'm sorry. Uh, no, um, th this is ridiculous. And then you divide people into my majority and minority, and you use H speech, the H speech, this speech, oh, the the H, the H word, the H speech, the us versus them. This is what you call cancel culture. Comes from the Abrahamic mentality: us versus them, uh, heaven versus hell, um, the God versus the devil. Uh, the saints versus the kufar, the pagans, the infidels. Uh, this insult, degrading ideology of, of us versus them is divide and rule. And this divide and rule is cancel culture. So you either have to be X or Y, A or B. And you ever, or A, the duty of A is to cancel B, and the duty of B is to cancel A. But what they don't understand is we are currents and waves. We're complete currents and waves. So a current will form its waves, and cycles will go round and round and round, and, and come to the beach, the wave will get over, and it'll go back. But that's who we are. That's who the cosmos is. That's what the frequencies that make us up are. We are currents and waves. If you don't understand the currents, you won't understand the waves. So you keep cancelling people's culture. You keep invading people and lying to them that you have the right to propagate your religion as in colonial arrogance uh, because you're so hungry for power that at one point the cycle is going to turn. And when the cycle turns and, and you want to protect yourself from your, in, your arrogance, your insult, your slime uh, of your supremacy, um, you, you, you talk about cancel culture, but that's exactly what you've been doing. So these, these groups, these ideological groups, uh, these religious groups that call themselves religion, they're actually colonial relics, relics of colonial empires. They've been canceling each other's culture for so long. One point of time, the tide is going to turn. And that's important for everyone. The tide is not only going to turn for them, it's going to turn for you and me also. But the tide is going to turn, and these religions are cancel culture. They have made money. They have business. They have um, they have a, a lot going for them because they have been in the business of canceling other cultures, which has started thousands of years ago. And this is what power is. Power is about canceling someone else. They've converted power to religion to God. They've put a nice fancy label in it. And they said, well, it's, uh, it's God. You, have, you must submit to it. God says, you, even God, God should, should know that he's a cycle. You're cyclic, so you can't, you're not stagnant. The earth is not flat. You are, you, are, you are cyclic. And if you don't understand that, you try and cancel someone else in the name of God, someone will cancel you. So proselytization is cancel culture. And the Abrahamic religions, the cults, have been on this go to cancel everyone's culture and portray themselves supreme because they are supremacist, uh, dogmatic, uh, disgusting ideologies. And I'm sorry to say it, but it is. It, it is. Abrahamic religions are supremacist ideologies. When you say, I'm the truth, the way, the life, and everyone else is going to hell, that's cancel culture. That's the cancel mentality. 
who who gave you the authority to say someone else is going to help God? Oh, God knows. Well, God's canceling someone else. Oh, but he's not right. Well, who gave you your, your magnetic field? We're cyclic. There's no right and wrong. We're cyclic. You will go up and go down. Which part of that did you not understand? Also, Abrahamic occupation of your mind got, is so so insulting that you don't even see the slime anymore. You've, you've got comfortable. So let me give you, uh, I was reading from an from a, from a, uh, article on, on the internet uh, for a magazine called pra, Pragyata dot com pragyata p r a g y a t a and uh, the article is the tricky issue of religious conversion and proselytization in india so i'm just going to read some parts of an article for you it's taken from a book and i'll tell you which book later but it's just part of an article so looking at the christian and islamic view of india these are two opposite ways of looking at diversity in Indian society. The diversity is either phenomenon of the same type, Abrahamic view, or different type of the Indian view. From the viewpoint of Abraham, Christianity, Islam, the cultural traditions in Indian society are phenomena of the phenomenon of the same kind vis-a-vis -vis religion. The universality of religion has always been an unquestionable truth to the religions of the book they share an account of the history of humanity which incorporates all human traditions and makes them make and sorry which incorporates all other human traditions and makes them into false religions there was once a religion the true and universal religion which was divine gift to all mankind the true religion denigrated uh, everywhere until it was back to its pristine purity in Christianity or Islam or and and sometimes um, Judaism. So these two tell us respectively. Even when the traditions they encountered were of different nature, it was obvious to them that the false religion would be present everywhere. So Christianity um, and Islam think that everyone else is false. So you are a false person of falsehood you are corrupting this earth and because of you christianity and islam cannot be the perfect religion on on this planet christianity and islam have to cancel you out in order for them to go to heaven that is a given it is absolutely there uh their goal is to spread the mission uh so that they can bring you into the faith and everyone will be at peace of course, they're not going to talk about the pedophilia and the and the rape and the um, and the ignorance, the colonization, the disgusting filth that they they have imposed on us and made us relics of colonial empires. They will not talk about the hundred million refugees on this planet, 95, 90 to ninety five percent of them whom are coming and going from Abrahamic countries. They will not talk about that, but they will make you, they will invest everything in canceling your culture. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? There are 100 million, 100 million um, uh, refugees in, in this world. And you can go to the UN website on that. There were 82 million before with the, with the war in Ukraine. It is now 100 million uh, more. And 90% come from Abrahamic and going to Abrahamic countries. But yet they consider themselves the true religion. And their, their goal is to cancel you out. This is cancel culture, my friend. And all three Abrahamic religions are the same. Of course, uh, 
Judaism is the only one that is that still keeps the fact that if your mother, your lineage, that means your mother is not Judaic, because they were once a, a, a matriarchal uh, system. Uh, if your mother is not Judaic, then you cannot be Judaic. Uh, so basically that's it uh, with them. So Christian theology has remained the underlying framework for the contemporary study of culture and religion. Its theological truths have become facts of Western common sense and scholarly consensus. Theology and not scientific theorizing provided provides the only conceptual ground for the belief that the native traditions of India and three Semitic religions are variants of the same phenomenon, religion. Um, they, their view also makes us cultural traditions in Indian society necessarily into each other's rival religions. Islam and Christianity are each other's rivals in the restoration of a divine truth. So I Islam and Christianity are two rival religions. I don't know which God makes this nonsense. Scholars, in fact, po pose Christianity as confronting at the same time uh, as Hinduism, Islam, and Buddhism, and the three strong non-Christian religions in India. Um, and it says the Indian view would be that the phenomena of different types, um, Hinduism lacks the char characteristics that allow us to recognize the, and differentiate Christianity, Islam, and Judaism as religions as fixed body of doctrine and ecclesial organization or central authority or holy book. The contemporary literature offers reasonable grounds to suspect that Hindu, Jain, and Sikh, and Buddhist traditions and the religions of Christianity and Islam are different kinds. So basically they see, uh, they see Hind, Hindic or Dharmic traditions and ideologies as uh, rival religions. Uh, I don't know which god invents a rival religions, but it's so disgusting. Um, and they are false. So they go, the Dharmic groups are false. Um, I will, yeah, so they, so what they say basically, uh, accepting religious rivals is an implicit acceptance of claim of truth or falsity of religions, even though one may not realize it or even deny what it's pointed out. So basically their goal is to cancel every single other religion out. But we know, uh, I have talked about this before, Christianity and Islam are not religions. They are colonial empires. They are spin-offs of the schism of the divide in the, from the, um, kingdom of Israel. In 900 BCE, the kingdom of Israel split approximately that time, and there were two groups that formed. One ended up forming from the south, the Yehud, forming Judea and Christianity, and the other went from the north and then ended up finding out uh, Islam. Uh, so that is what the two groups are. They are not religions, they are colonial empires, and that's, that's why they always consider themselves as rivals. They have, been, they have been fighting for so long, they do not recognize each other. And their goal is to cancel each other out, degrade the other, and, um, and uh, you know, proselytize uh, their supremacy over the, the perfection of this world. Uh, yet they will they do not have answers uh, for they do not have answers for the hundred million refugees that are coming and going 
from Abrahamic countries. Um, so I read to you a little bit from Pragyata, Pragyata, which is um, a website. Um, and this, this little excerpt I'm going to read to you is a summary piece by Dr. Pingali Gopal in, uh, and is, well, on, on, the, on the website, it says, is with permission from Dr. Jacob de Ruva. Again, I've not taken anyone's permission. I'm just reading it out to you because this is in the public domain. Uh, the ideas and themes solely belong to Sarah Clearhout and Jacob de Ruva. Many of the passages in the articles are from their paper without direct indication of the same. Uh, proselytization and conversions are contentious issues the world over, especially in India. At the fundamental level, they clash. The clash is on the meaning of freedom of religion. For proselytization, proselytizing religions, it means freedom to convert people into their faith. And for non-proselytizing ones, it implies a freedom from interference uh, of outside groups. Um, Religion, secularism, and conversions in India in a different manner and promise a better understanding and solutions as well. This is an advance over the present deadlock situation, generating strife and even violence. The successive governments desperately look for constitutional and judicial solutions, but end up in a hopeless loop that are trying to implement secularism and tackle conversion. Uh, we know that secularism is a scam. It's a scam to camouflage the continuing colonization of our minds by two invading groups of invaders, uh, Christianity and Islam. It's a scam to continue their colonial arrogance and continue uh, canceling our culture to our detriment and taking over and rebranding the Vedic civilization into an Abrahamic junkyard, which is exactly what they have done to the world. Look at North Africa, look at Africa, look at, look at the Middle East. They, they have completely destroyed this area. Uh, everywhere you go, you ally with them and it's problem after problem after problem. 100 million refugees in the world, 90% come from Abrahamic countries, and you can see it lock, stock, and barrel, but they have selective amnesia. Uh, the root, so I'm going to go back to this, uh, this article. The root of the problem lies quite simply in understanding Indian traditions as religions and, and then applying the solution of secularism to the, cons to the consequent problem. Secularism was a solution for the Christian world at a specific time in its history with multiple denominations fighting each other. So even in the Christian world, you have so many denominations fighting each other. I knew when I grew up, there was the IRA fighting with the Anglicans. I was so embarrassed that two Christian groups who pr uh, proposed to uh, believe in Jesus were fighting each other. And I couldn't understand why if you like Jesus, then you have to fight with each other because Jesus didn't ask you to fight. So what type of uh, religion are you really, uh, you know, to, to, to providing Christian and the God, which religion, which Jesus are you talking about? If you're fighting, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're not promoting any religion. You're talking about politics because I, but I was too young to know back then. Universalization is a solution to all cultures and across time has become a huge recipe for disaster and it's evident in India. The influx of Islam into Europe has stressed the secularism model in Europe too. Um, and they talk about it in the book, Europe, India, and the limits of secularism, or should I say secular scam. Um, 
By consensus, religious conversion and proselytization are general problems of plural societies. Its structures, its structure is competition regarding the gain and loss of adherence, uh, generating interreligious tension, conflict, and violence, which is true. The common solution offered is that all societies should respect the principle of the freedom of religion. Each citizen has the right to choose freely between religions, and a liberal neutral state ought to safeguard its freedom. This could be mistaken consensus, as firstly, it is impossible to speak of religions, religious conversions as though all religions and societies share this process. There's also no theoretical criteria today to distinguish religious conversions from other processes of change. Secondly, consensus assumes that cultural diversity implies religious rivalry uh, and the religions are belief systems to which truth predicts apply. Um, thirdly, in the case, in Indian case, religions, religious conversion is a predicament that exists predominantly in Christianity and Islam, two uh, Gongsha Morita colonial empires now calling themselves religion. In Hindu, Jain, and Buddhist traditions, the basic structure of the predicament disappears because such traditions do not conceive of religions as rival doctrines. But only fools consider the others as rivals because your, enemy, your worst enemy is yourself, is your ignorance. Finally, the principle of religious freedom is not as neutral and universal as it claims. By presupposing a specific understanding of a religion, the current principles principle of religious freedoms uh, privileges Christianity and Islam. Thus, the universal declaration of a right to religious freedom is part of the problem uh, in India rather than a solution. Um, basically, it says here that... Um, Okay, so I'll just go to something else. There are three possible implications of present understanding. Conversion is a process of, what is conversion? It's a process of internal uh, to Christianity and Islam only. The model cannot extend to uh, other cultures. Conversion is a general phenomenon, but the Western model might be one specific example of this process. Uh, in the absence of theocratical uh, models, conversion simply presupposes and assumes that a series of events are instances of religious conversion. Um, I can go on and on and on on this, but it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, I, I read something on it, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention. Um, about India being, uh, Hinduism being colonial, uh, sorry, uh, Hinduism being uh, communal. Um, uh, so, um, conversion in India assumes that big, uh, um, the, has the assumption becomes even more significant when we consider typical explanation of the cla Indian clash of conversion. It is not so much a, a regional issue, but one related to political dy dynamics, the contest for power and struggle. One group argues that Hindus resist conversions as it would decrease the political power of the dominant Hindu community. Another group of scholars claim that upper caste fear losing their grip on Indian society when the lower caste convert, see, see an assault of conversion as a pretext on Hindutva movement to promote its goal of a Hindu nation. People 
people talk of politics of conversion, but how it's a problem, how is a problem different from the contest between political parties in any democracy, trying to gain voters or prevent losing them? It often concerns party with some religious affiliation, which try to win votes, and simply perhaps a contest of political power. Ambedkar's rejection of the Hindu caste book took the form of an initiation into Buddhism. This gave a rise to a new Buddhist movement in India, the Navayana Diksha, the Navayana uh, Buddhism focused on the achievement of social equality in modern society. Um, rather than the transcendence moksha, it was conversion from India's ruling communal ideology of Hinduism. It continues to be a primarily a rational political choice with psychological and spiritual consequences, says one scholar. Um, the main issue in these shifts is the rejection of an inegalitarian ideology in favor of a message of, uh, of social equality. That means Hindu, a Hind is an in egalitarian ideology it's not about equality it's not about e uh, egality uh, egal sorry that's a french word um, it's not about equality but the religions of, of christianity and islam are both equal egalitarian that is what they're trying to say say here and this is what i want to tell you um, these two colonial uh, arrogant uh, supremacist groups on Christianity and Islam who've been fighting with each other since time immemorial have the guts to t to say everywhere that Hind Hinduism is not an egalitarian society. It's not an egalitarian theology and ideology or a culture or civilization. It's all about inequalities. It's all about ignorance. It's all about uh, It's all about uh, um, uh, yeah, um, untouchability, but the two e egalitarian groups, the most egalitarian groups, are the Abrahamic groups, especially that of Islam and Christianity. Can you believe that? And this is what they're telling the people on the ground. This is how they're facilitizing, and this is how they're canceling your culture. And it goes into different formats, from Bollywood, to your schools, to your colleges, to these NGOs to groups after groups after groups after groups, different formats, uh, and they proselytize so much, they pretend that you are, uh, they are the truth, the way, the life, and they are saving you from hell. The problem is we are cyclic, okay? So there's always some going to be some people at the bottom of the cycle, always. That is the part of life. Uh, there's always going to be people at the bottom of the cycle. And so they will always pick on the people of the bottom of the cycle and pretend that they are, and pretend that they need to be saved from the big, bad, uh, untouchable Hindu, the unegalitarian society uh, of, of Hindustan, and, and they should be bought to the, to the narrative of, of the egalitarian Christianity, um, the, and, and Islam, the, um, the quality of these just societies, they will not tell you that they've been fighting for so long, they don't remember how long they're fighting for. They've been fighting for so long, they don't, they don't even recognize each other anymore. They, they don't know, and they don't know how long they've been fighting for. And they've been fighting for so long that at this point of time, there are 100 million um, 
refugees in the world, 90% come from Abrahamic countries because their only goal is to cancel each other out. And so what, if you embark on this cancel culture, you have to understand the ideology behind it. It's an ideology of supremacy that comes from the Abrahamic colonization and occupation of your mind. Until you remove this Abrahamic occupation of your mind, you will not be free and you will keep in, you will remain in the cycle of canceling each other. You have to heal, my dear friends. You have to get off this cancer, this Abrahamic occupation of the mind. You have to understand the currents that form your waves. Atwa, all that lies in between. Hindutwa, the currents, the water around Hind, the water that makes you up 70% of this earth, 70% of who you are, and the currents that form your waves, the layers and the layers and the layers of data that's stored inside you and understand that you are cyclic. You will always be at the bottom of the cycle at one point of time. And when you're in that space, people will try to use you, abuse you, feed you with rhetoric that's ignorant and, and cancel your, uh, your culture and in return, take you over mentally, emotionally, and then financially until you become their slave. And that is what cancel culture is about. Um, so it's important to understand how this works, that proselytization is cancel culture. It has to be stopped and you have to stop it at its tracks. You have to uh, make people understand and you have to send this uh, to your friends, to your colleagues. Um, it has to be changed in the constitution. You have the right to practice whatever ideology you want, but propagate this, uh, this colonial arrogance that they call religion is not, is not constitutional. It was put there to promote and to protect the colonial invaders who occupied this land and gave us an ideology that suits their narrative to the detriment of a Vedic civilization that they pilfered, that they raped, that they insulted, they degraded, they destroyed for 1300 years and it's time to say enough is enough. We're not canceling a culture. If you want, you can go back to where you came from, uh, into the Middle East uh, with your Abrahamic culture, but definitely not, uh, we're not giving you anything else. We are proud uh, descendants of our Vedic heritage. Uh, it is important to say that. It is nothing to be ashamed of and, and you have to stand up and say, I'm not going to cancel my culture to your uh, ignorance. Your egalitarian is a, is, doesn't exist. Uh, clean up your currents, clean up your waves, the skeletons that you've left behind and, and keep with your narrative. Don't bring, give it to us because we're not interested. We have currents and waves. There will never be everyone on the same level because the earth is not flat, just in case you don't understand. It takes time for a wave to come to the front. Uh, it, it comes, it dies off, and it goes back, and that's part of life. Uh, this, yeah, the, the concept of caste is not uh, Hindic, and to try and portray this as, as one group as Hindic and the other group as, as, uh, as uh, egalitarian is not going to work. Dalit is, is Hebrew. Please note, Dalit is Hebrew. It is not Hindu. We absorb the shock of the Dalit backward ideology of the mentality of the narrative and it's only a narrative it's not really human it's a narrative that's given to you to keep you subjugated we've inherited it from the middle east because the people of this land fled into the indian subcontinent realigned changed their labels and became hindic and they brought their vocabulary with them they bought their mentality with them and now it's become indian uh but it's not hindic it's abrahamic it's 
Hebrew. It's the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Hebrew uh, language, and it's important for you to verify that. And again, so Vedic culture, so proselytization is cancel culture. It has to stop, and you have to stop it by having this conversation with your friends, uh, at least five friends. Ask them to have it with another five friends. Ask them to have it with another five friends, with your family, with your your people on the ground, with your your people uh, in um, in your schools, in your colleges, in your work, your social media groups. It's important to understand proselytization is cancelled culture these groups have been trying to cancel us for a very long time invade uh, the indian subcontinent they've done a pretty good job you have to give the hats off to them but it's time to say enough enough is enough we don't have to we don't have to sub submit to your arrogance your colonial arrogance because that's the only thing it is it's ignorant colonial arrogance i do not respect it i respect the human being i do not respect it and i will tell you that you are cyclic and it, your currents will form the waves um and again uh no bindi no business that means if you want to insult our vedic civilization the answer is no my friend i ain't giving you my business the moment you start the business with them they'll start respecting you so you have to understand that no bindi no business you start by by appreciating understanding vedic culture the vedic knowledge the vedic civilization oh i'm not doing business with you that's it long and short of the story that's very important that was a great great uh movement and it has to start again everywhere you go no bindi no business we're not going to give up the civilization we're going to stand up and say uh hindustan zindabad thank you very much for that i wish you a great weekend i hope you have a great 75th um Amrit Mohat, Amrit Azadi Mahotsav, a great uh, Independence Weekend um, going in there. And uh, enjoy yourselves. I know we're not completely free, but every, Rome was not built in a day. It takes time to get out of this Abrahamic occupation of our minds and be free slowly by slowly. It'll come, but you have to have that conversation right, my friends, right, because it's a great way to externalize. Remember, proselytization is cancelled culture. It has to stop. Have that conversations with your friends. Tell the people who are weak what is happening, and they're going to be used. And start with that, and you will slowly clean and clean up your mind. You will slowly heal, and we will rise up again and 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 heal together and make a better future for tomorrow. So thank you once again. I hope you have a great weekend. Cheers and stay safe.